Welcome to Sounding Off with Kim Munson, our podcast. Be sure and check out uh, my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And uh, be sure and uh, you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And we appreciate your support. We are an independent voice. And it's important to keep our independent voices alive and out there. And so we do appreciate your support. You can go to my website to contribute. I am thrilled to have as my guest today, Kevin Sorbo. You know him. He was uh, Hercules, which was uh, Kevin Sorbo. That was one of the most watched programs throughout history, correct? Well, I got to brag a little bit. By season three, we became the most watched TV show in the world in 176 countries for its last five-year run. So it was pretty cool to be part of something like that. Very cool. And you are a conservative in the film industry and in Hollywood, And uh, although you've moved out of Hollywood. But conservative has gotten a bad rap as far as uh, the name. And I continue to say to people, conserve, what that means, excuse me, what that means is, is conserving the vision of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that is worth conserving, Kevin Sorbo. Oh, you think everybody would be conservative then, you know? And that's what's amazing about the left. I mean, everything they say is is opposite of what they actually believe in. You know, when they when they when they say we believe in this, they go, yeah, but you don't live that way. You you you, you guys are so filled with hate and anger and divisiveness. And uh, you know, you look at why is being conservative such a negative thing? And the media just preys on that. That and television and movies prey on that as well. It's it's weird. We live in very strange times right now. It's, I, I'm scratching my head trying to figure out what's going on with the whole craziness with the cancel culture. Uh, and all these other bozos out there that want to destroy people's lives because obviously their lives are so amazingly perfect um, that we need to emulate how they live their lives. Well, this whole canceling thing is pretty interesting, and you just recently got canceled off of Facebook. You have over a half million followers, and they canceled you. What happened? I have no idea. I mean, I know they've been saddle banning me because every time when I used to post, uh, up until about a year ago, I mean, I would get anywhere from, you know, 20,000 to 200,000 or more people um, looking at, responding to it, whatever. And then now they said, well, we're going to shadow ban you because you're putting up information we don't agree with. You know, I, when I put up other doctors talking about COVID, talking about uh, wearing masks or not wearing masks and things like that. And I go, why can't we look at both sides of the issue here? But, you know, we got to fall in line with what Dr. Fauci says, because obviously he's awesome. But these doctors from all over the world have a 180-degree differing opinion of what he says. I mean, if you remember, Fauci last March came out and said, you don't need to wear a mask. And you know, the minute they turned off that microphone, there's people said, dude, don't say that. We need to control these people. This is a perfect time for us to take full control of the people around the world. And that's what they're doing. They're using COVID as a, as a weapon of fear, and they're controlling all our lives and destroying everybody's businesses. And I bring those facts up, and, and for some reason, Facebook doesn't like that. And um, so they started shadow banning me, and at the most, they'd maybe let 10,000 people see my post. Well, all of a sudden, they just took me down. So they, they stole over 550,000 followers from me, and then so I put up another Facebook post, and I said, you know what, I'll open a new page, and I'll be, I'll be much nicer, much more politically correct. Well, I had it out there for maybe five days, and we're up to, I think, 16,000 people, so people are finding out about it again. And they just took it down again last night, and no explanation. I mean, these guys... Are, are you know having more power than our government's having right now, and the government's letting them do it. Uh, freedom of speech is out the window. 
you have to have, you know, the tolerance level that they scream for, you have to be you have to be in the same tolerance zone that they're in, and you have to be able to speak the same way they speak. Otherwise, they're just going to attack you and take you down. It's absolutely insane what's going on in our world right now. Everything is upside down. It, it truly is madness. And just recently, Gina Carano uh, was, uh, I guess she was fired from Disney for basically saying that, that what is happening here, I didn't actually see the, the tweet, but that's, I'm comparing to uh, shutting down voices uh, with Hitler, like in the uh, late 1930s, or at least that's my understanding, and they fired her for that. Do, am I getting that right, uh, she, Kevin? She made, no, she made no reference to any party whatsoever, whether Democrat or Republican or whatever. She's just saying, you know what, guys, we're shutting down other people's points of view that you know ultimately do um, uh, come from the conservative side, uh, from the Democrats. And the Democrats through the media, the liberals, the progressives, the moderates, the, the socialists, the communists, the Marxists, they seem to be controlling everything that can be said right now. See, she made a pretty blanket statement in, in just saying, why can't we have, um, you know, our points of view? And why do we have in one side? And they attacked her and they took her down and fired her. I'm, I've been texting with her back and forth the last couple of days. So uh, I'm actually going to give her a call later today. And, um, uh, it's just weird. It's just it's sad what's going on out there. Uh, it's sad, that, like I said, with the cancel culture and what they're doing, attacking and taking down people's lives. These people, if I did a psychological profile on them, I think these people are unbelievably miserable people. They don't like who they are. They don't like their jobs. They don't like um, the, the, the successes they didn't have in life. And they're just looking to drag everybody right down the black hole of misery that they live in. You know, misery loves company, right? And these people are just so filled with hate and anger that um, they, they get joy out of destroying other people's lives because their lives absolutely must suck. Kevin Sorbo, I uh, had a guest on the show the other day, uh, the other day, and he actually has been in the black entertainment business for many years, and he came out to Colorado, put $100,000 of his own money into it, and uh, started I'm a Trumpster, uh, vinyl wrapped a bus to take it into uh, ethnic communities to talk about how economic and political freedom are, are really better than dependency on the government. And how, how he got to that point was when he heard Donald Trump candidate uh, for 2016 talking about intellectual property rights because they would produce a song, send it over to China, get CDs made and other things, and, and it would get ripped off. And in fact, they had the number one hit in Europe because somebody ripped it off and distributed it there and they didn't get a dime. And so when President Trump was talking about intellectual property rights. It really got his attention. So I had him on the show the other day. We were talking about what he's looking at moving forward. And I said that under the left, they want everybody to be equal in their misery. And I was thinking when I said that about just from an economic standpoint, but as you're saying that they're miserable in other ways, they want people to be equal in their misery of how how they feel about themselves it seems like yeah how dare you work hard and become successful i'm a 13 year overnight success in Hollywood. Okay? <laughs> i remember you t- i paid that. my dues i busted my butt my parents taught all five of us kids to work hard in life don't expect hands out all we got people on the left are the hand is out and they say you owe me why do i owe you anything I didn't grow up with anything. My dad was a public school teacher for crying out loud. I grew up in a Walter Mondale, Hubert Humphrey, Minnesota Democrat household. You know, the first time I could vote, I voted for Reagan. My dad was beside himself. And I said, Dad, this Jimmy Carter is going to go down as the worst 
president we've ever had. But I was wrong because then along came Obama and now Joe Biden has taken over that role. But um, it's incredible to me that we're fought, we've fallen so far down that we want to destroy the very things that made America great. And what made America great were the individuals, the hardworking individuals that put in the time and the effort and failure after failure, but they didn't let failure stop them. The troubled people on the left, they have one failure and they just whine and cry about it and blame everybody else in the world instead of looking in the mirror and blaming themselves. And they just give up too easily. This whole thing about handouts and free stuff, there's no free stuff. You know, Maggie Thatcher said the problem with so, um, socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. And of course you do. But these people don't have any concept of what the, how economics works and, uh, you know, how, how the free enterprise works and how capitalism works. Is capitalism perfect? No. But it's the best system we've ever had and what made it America the greatest country in the world in such a fast amount of time. Because even today, with the destruction of what we're doing to America and turning us slowly into a third world country, this is still the one country everybody comes to. As I tell my socialist friends, nobody's taking boats from Key West to Cuba, guys. Go figure that one out, okay? People are flooding out of Venezuela right now. Venezuela just a decade ago had the richest economy in the Southern Hemisphere. So give me a break what's going on out there right now. These people are they're ignorant, they're uneducated, and they just they're they're just filled, like I said, with this hate and anger. And it's just it blows my mind that we gotta keep going through this circle of, of idiocy and letting these people control all the rest of our lives and destroy our lives. Well, it- and, and when we're, you mentioned third world country, and people think, oh, it can't happen here. But we now have just gone through this uh, very frigid weather in Texas and Oklahoma and all the way into Florida. And we've seen what's happened in Texas is everybody was equal in their misery. There was four million people that didn't have, have energy. They didn't have heat. And that's what happens in a third world country. Um, and this movement towards moving us towards energy poverty uh, by putting us all on uh, the, the new Green Deal. I'm grateful, Kevin, you, you mentioned we're in really interesting times, but I'm grateful the veil is off. Just this week, the veil is off on the results of uh, the Green New Deal, green energy, with what we're seeing in Texas. Well, you know, it, what, what amazes me is that people still want to keep Playing this, you know, harping this uh, this march down this 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 road that's going to lead our destruction. I don't get it. I don't understand the media. How they have, you know, when ninety five percent of it is so far left, and I keep going, why? Why do people think this is a good way to go? You know, history repeats itself because people don't teach history anymore. This under thirty crowd. I mean, most of these um, Black Lives Matter people um, and screaming white supremacy stuff, white privilege, are white people. What they, 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 that are privileged. Brainwashing from our, <laughs> it's a brainwashing from our public schools and our universities. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me that we got to go down this kind of road that people don't to, to have any conversation. And if you have a conversation, all they have is anger. They don't have any, you know, they have, they have, their, they have their phrases. You're a, you're, a, you know, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're a xenophobe. I mean, they, they have all these different phrases they throw out to you. And if you talk about COVID, uh, it's science. And I go, explain the science to me. With a disease that I don't deny the fact that it's very contagious and people are dying from it, but it's still a 99.7% recovery rate if you get it. 99.7. And then we've had the flu vaccine for 79 years. And uh, on average, over those 79 years, 50,000 people a year die from the flu. Why haven't we been wearing masks our whole lives? We've got to get past this stuff with this fear. This whole mask thing is driving me crazy. And I know plenty of doctors that are afraid to come out of their their, their little hole because they said, Kevin, I'll lose my job. I know a couple of guys, big doctors, 
out of, out of Minnesota that said, we got to keep our mouths shut, but these masks are pretty much useless. Most people coming in with pre-existing conditions are avid mask wearers, and it does nothing to protect them. I get on an airplane, and i got to wear a mask for a five-hour flight cross-country, and they keep saying six feet of separation. Then on a, on, a, on a plane, I've got, what, 12 to 15 people around me less than six feet away from me? And then when I get off the plane, we got to stand up one row at a time and stay six feet apart. The hypocrisy is just insane to me. It makes zero sense when I got a guy right next to me, a guy two feet in front of me, two feet behind me, two feet across in the aisle. And then, I mean, it's just, it's almost comical and stupid how amazingly robotic we have become as society and around the world. And what have they done with it? I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but we got Costco, Target, all these other stores. Very essential, but a mom and pop store oh, has been it. around for three ge- three generations. We shut that down. Millions of people have lost their livelihood around the world. For for what? For what reason? When I see a seven year old wearing a mask with his mom and dad, I look <sighs> at that as child abuse. Okay. It's absolutely ridiculous. How many kids under the age of twenty have died from COVID without having a pre existing condition like asthma or cancer or something like that? How many? It's probably zero. They shut down these NBA teams and NFL teams. How many athletes have died from COVID? Zero. I mean, it's amazing what we're doing right now to this country and how, how amazingly easy people are just like sheep and get controlled by what's going on. Well, it is. And, but it's been so insidious how this whole thing has come down because it, the, uh, the, the narrative that you don't wear a mask for yourself, you wear a mask for your neighbor. So then it, it implies that if you're not wearing a mask, what a jerk you are because you don't care about everybody else. I When that uh, narrative started off early on, I'm like, this this is crazy. This doesn't make sense. But then we've seen people that have gotten almost in fights because other people haven't worn their mask because you don't care yep. about people. It's insidious, Kevin. I care about the people that, that are pre-existing conditions. My mom's 88 years old. She's got all kinds of health issues. We didn't see her at Christmas. We didn't see her at Thanksgiving. And I totally understand her fear factor. I get it. As I said, I'm not saying this thing isn't real. I'm not saying it's not killing people. But, you know, when it first came out, when it first, uh, the first the education factor ever came out, talking about that it's man-made, that Fauci was over there about six, seven years ago with Wuhan. Uh, who, what was he doing over there? Why is this guy going to become a multi-billionaire off this so-called vaccine that the FDA is not even approved yet? And you got to take two shots back to back. They don't know what the long distance, long, long-term effects going to be on people. And this, they have no idea. There's been a number of people who have already died after taking the shot. I'm not going to take it. They can't force you to take it. I've already contacted a number of different people out there in, in the law world saying, well, you know, they, they, they'll try to play that hand, but ultimately they can't, they can't make you take it. But, you know, they can probably start saying you can't fly unless you've proven it. You've got the mark on there. You can't tell them they're not going down the same road that, that Russia was going down and that Germany, Nazi Germany was going down, what Venezuela is going down. And, you know, now it's about coming after our guns. And the, the reality is, if, if you take away everybody's gun, do you think the bad guys are going to turn their guns? It's not, it's not good people with guns that are causing the shootings in the world. It's the psychopaths and the gang members and all these other guys that use it for violence. And, uh, you know, the whole idea of the Second Amendment was to protect our homes and protect our families against a rogue government. That's why they put that in. Our founding fathers didn't make the Constitution for the times back then. They made it to last for all time. It's an amazing piece of literature that they wrote that's still so amazing today. Well, and I just saw a headline just the other day that, uh, I want to say it was in Florida, that uh, a 12-year-old actually uh, shot some intruders that were coming in, and I think they maybe even 
killed his grandmother, or maybe he, I can't remember the exact details of it, but the fact that he had a weapon, he was able to actually protect them. I think he protected them, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, so Biden wants to take away his right to protect himself and his family, but the bad guys are going to have a gun when they come in, into the apartment. Uh, it Again, it doesn't make sense. Why would they, why do, why do they want to take away the right for everyday people to protect themselves? And the other thing is, is, is a firearm is a great equalizer when you've got a big, big guy and a petite woman. If she happens to have a firearm, it makes, a, it, makes it a more equal situation if there's a, something nefarious going on. Of course. We go to the range at least once a week here in Florida. My kids are amazing shots. I'm a damn good shot, and they're better than I am. Trust me, we're, we're weaponed up in the Soybo family. <laughs> so I've been a Second Amendment degree for, for, for my whole life, you know, we grew up, you know, hunting in Minnesota and all that. And uh, it's, to me, it's, uh, I've shot moves. Here's, I, here's what I find funny. When you look at some of these A-list or Hollywood stars and they come out and they're going, yeah, we need to get rid of guns. And then they went after them. Some guy put together like an amazing montage of all these violent movies. These same stars have been in with guns, killing a bunch of people. So, um, you know, hypocrisy seems to rule the day with the left. I mean, they're the gift that keeps giving and giving because everything they blame uh, people on the right, on people they, they blame the conservative party, they're already guilty of. But it's called deflection. It's a great tactic that they use, and people buy into it. And the trouble with the Republican Party, there's this bunch of wusses in the Republican Party, and a lot of them are just rhinos. And we need to start getting tough like, 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 and get more passionate like the, like the left does. Uh, you know, I think the biggest killer in America right now is apathy. People just, oh, what can I do? They just give up. And we, we got to keep fighting the fight. Look, I've been booted out of Hollywood because I'm a conservative and a Christian. Am I perfect in either way in those things? No, not at all. But that's what I happen to be. I happen to be a believer, and I happen to be a, a believer in the, in the Constitution. And because of those beliefs, my agent manager, everybody else said, goodbye, we can't deal with you. And here's, a, here's once again a place that says, hey, freedom of speech and tolerance. You have to have tolerance. Well, both those things are one-way streets mm-hmm. in Hollywood. They're just all one-way streets. And thank God for independent movies. I mean, I, I had a great run with Hercules. I did a great show called Andromeda with the Gene Roddenberry show um, for five years. And since then, I've shot over 60 movies. And 50 of those movies I've had to do on my own to my own production company and try and raise money for movies that have a good message. I don't do necessarily just faith-based movies. I do family-friendly movies. I do movies that have hope, redemption, faith, love, laughter, all these kind of things in there. Things that Hollywood, for the most part, doesn't do all the time. They do a lot of movies that deal with violence. And, uh, you know, weird, just just weird, crazy people that are psychotic. And it's 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 fine to do those things. Fine. Do it. But let's have a balance in there. You know, and here I'm trying to raise three million dollars to do one of these movies. And Hollywood can throw three hundred million dollars at these other movies all the time without blinking an eye. But, mm-hmm. you know, even now it's hurting them. I must face it. This COVID thing has shut down all these movie theaters. Um, I think AMC is the only one sort of, sort of, you know, sort of in the game. I heard Regal Cinema went bankrupt and. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy what we're doing right now. And it makes me incredibly sad that we can't sit down and have a civil conversation. And, uh, you know, I do speaking events and appearances. And now some of these, 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 these cowards that won't come up to me to talk to me face to face in a civil way, they go after where I'm going to make an appearance and say, you have them there, we're going to have riots. And then they give into the cyberbullying. So I've actually been talking to a lawyer about how can we track down who these people are, because I want to sue these people for destroying uh, my source of income. Well, why not? It might be an interesting way. People sue people all the time for nothing. Now, if they're going to go after my career and try to get me to have not have a way to make a living, why not? I think they would be pretty scared if they got served with a 
with a lawsuit and have to gear up themselves with lawyers because this is ridiculous that I can't go into a place and make an appearance now. And, and these people give in to these cyber bullies. It's, it's insane. Yes, it is really insane, shutting down voices. It's a very dangerous time. Uh, I remember my father, he served in the Air Force for four years. And back in the 60s, he said, I served so that people could have the right to say things that I may not agree with. And then here we have those same people now are working to shut down voices or that same movement where it used to be free speech. Now it's not free speech. It's absolutely astonishing. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Hollywood. Uh, and when when you were told that, hey, you're not, we're not going to do these movies because you're a Christian, you're a conservative, you didn't roll over. You didn't uh, stop. What you did is you rolled up your sleeves. And, and of course, your, your wife, Sam, is a, a great star as well. And you started making these great movies. I remember God's Not Dead, uh, Your Miracle in East Texas. We've talked about that. And you have this new book out. Uh, uh, it's True Faith, Embracing Adversity to Live in God's Light. Let's talk just a little bit about uh, the adversity that you have come through from Hollywood. And then also, when you spoke up at the Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week, you told this story about uh, your health challenge and how Sam helped get you through that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was the last it was the last couple of months of season five on Hercules. I was having all kinds of problems with my left arm. Couldn't figure what was going on. We wrapped down there in New Zealand, season five. I came back to America to do promotional work in a movie I did called Call the Conqueror for Universal Studios. And then I was going to start another movie with Universal, then head back to New Zealand for season six. And um, I had my arm checked down. They find a lump way up my shoulder and near my neck. And it ended up being an aneurysm that had opened up and sent hundreds of clots in my arm. But unfortunately, uh, four clots went into my brain and suffered four strokes. So um, lucky to survive. It took me three years to fully recover. And um, I wrote a book called True Strength, my journey from Hercules to mere mortal and how nearly dying saved my life. And just followed up recently with True Faith, which you just mentioned there. I co-wrote that with my wife. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a long battle to even, to even get through that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think my faith and I think the strength that I had during that time in my 30s when I was still playing Hercules uh, helped me battle through that illness. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, when I when when I went back to do more seasons on Hercules with a limited schedule for me because I couldn't work 14-hour days anymore because of my illness and my recovery. But then I got Andromeda, and that lasted five years. But, uh, you know, to jump forward with the so-called faith movies, I call them more family-friendly. They don't have to be, you know, one of faith to watch these movies. But that was really born about 11 years ago through um, Dallas Jenkins, um, who's Jerry Jenkins' son. He's the one who approached me with a movie um, called What If? which I've, in my 60-plus movies I've shot, it's certainly in my top three. And it's the same writer that did God's Not Dead that you mentioned. I shot God's Not Dead uh, about three years later, two years later. Um, but I think What If's even a better movie. But that really got me on the road to really want to do movies that, with a message, well, more of a positive message instead of a negative one. Because I saw so many TV shows and movies that at the time when my kids were younger during that time, said, I don't want my kids watching this. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's interesting when I walk through hotel lobbies or airports or restaurants, I don't get the angry people coming after me because I don't think that they have the balls that come up and say something to my face. But mm-hmm. um, once again, I said, I'm not looking for a fight. I'm looking for a conversation to say, why do you feel this way? And I'll tell you why I feel my way. Let's have a real conversation. But by far, the majority of people come up to me now. It's not about Hercules or Andromeda. They come up to me and say, hey, we need more movies like Let There Be Light and God's Not Dead and What If and Soul Circuit. 
And when Let There Be Light came out and had a great opening weekend a few years ago, I got a call from Netflix. And Netflix said, we see that you have, you know, a, an ear and an eye and a, and a door, a foot in the door of this, of this world. We want to open an inspirational division in Netflix. Well, Netflix still hasn't started that inspirational division, but at least we've had conversations. I've sent them some wonderful scripts. They haven't pulled the trigger. I'm hoping it's not just lip service they're saying. I mean, they're the ones that made the call to me. And Netflix, obviously, is hugely, hugely powerful. So, you know, and I told them in my last meeting with them in person in West Hollywood, I said, look, you guys have so much power. And there's 80 million households out there that want this kind of content Mm -hmm. for their family. Why can't you get past your ideology? And why wouldn't you do movies like this and TV shows like this? It makes no sense to me that through the media and everything else, they've created such a divisiveness, such a divide within, uh, you know, people uh, that want family movies to people that don't want family movies (laughs) So um, I'm hoping one day Netflix will say, okay, let's do it. Because they still, here we are two, over two years later, they still haven't pulled that trigger. And that blows my mind. It's called show business, not show show. Why wouldn't you want to have an inspirational division that you, you even named it yourself? I mean, get past your ideology and your hate. You can laugh at families and you can laugh at Christians and people of faith all the way to the bank. Because Ultimately, you can scream socialism or Marxism all you want at Universal, Paramount, or Warner Brothers, but the reality is they're capitalist businesses. They want to make their stockholders happy, and they want to make money. Let's face it. So I don't, I don't get it. I don't get where we've got to this point where there's just so much divide that we can't seem to get past that, that canyon that we've created between both parties. Well, when you're talking, I think people do want unity. Joe Biden's talked about the word unity, and uh, people ah. thought, oh, we do. We want to be the United States of America. Mm-hmm. But regarding unity, we have a real question. Are we going to unite behind this idea that all men are created equal with these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness given to us by God? Or are we going to unite between behind something that is so divisive and destructive? And that is equity, where everybody is equal in their misery. And, and that's the question. And we have a time for choosing where we want to unite. And I really think, Kevin, that the veil has come off. It's been unmasked. All this has been percolating underneath the surface for quite some time. And it's almost astounding to me as we're seeing things unmasked. Just I just recently, this whole thing in Texas on the whole green energy, it's unmasked. It doesn't work. And so we're in a time, I. it's an interesting time. And I think just get up every day and move forward, but realize that something, I think something remarkable is happening right now, Kevin. Well, I think there's a tipping point in there. I think people are starting to wake up. But I'm, you remember Biden said to, to I can't remember who he was talking. He, it, was some, some, it was an African American guy. He said, he said, if you if you're a black guy and you're voting for Trump, then you ain't black. Right. And I looked at that and I said, you got to be kidding me. And but there's so, so much. Re- I think the African African American community has woke, woken up quite a bit, mm-hmm. but still not enough. Because if you look at cities like Chicago and Detroit and Baltimore and Los Angeles and all these places where the black community still votes for Democrats. And for, for decades, they've been lied to by the Democrat Party. And, the, and they, the, the Democrats control our education, our public education. They're doing nothing to help the black community get out of the, uh, out of the ruts that they're in. They're doing nothing. They want to keep them under control. 
there's what, 70, 80 shootings every week in Chicago for the last 10 years, and nobody seems to do anything about it? Even, even when, when Obama was president, he didn't do anything I about it. I know. It's tragic. I mean, it's, 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 it's tragic to me. And people need to wake up. There, you have not had a, a Republican conservative in Chicago. Detroit hasn't had one since, I believe, I believe, since 1954. Detroit was the most powerful city in America back in the 50s with the automobile industry. They had over 3 million people. Detroit became bankrupt. I think, I think today there's 600,000, mm-hmm. maybe 700,000 people left in Detroit. Look what happened. That's under the banner of socialism. What, needs, what do we need to do? To make the eyes get open of people that keep following this party that wants to have full control over them. Big government does not work. It's never worked. And that was the whole idea of it. I mean, what, what did Ben Franklin say? So what do we have? He says, we have a republic if you can keep it. And we're not keeping it. We're destroying it. And I, I really think we need more than two parties in this country because there's such, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's sad to see what's going on. I, I ran into President Trump this Friday night or Saturday night at dinner out here. He came up to me and he called me Keb. We haven't seen each other in 15 years. We golfed together years ago. And he said, I love your posts on your Twitter account. He says, I've been retweeting you. And uh, he said, keep it up, keep it up, and uh, let's go golf again sometime. And then he, as he walked away, he said, you know, we won big. We won by a landslide. I said, no, we didn't, Mr. President. And people sit there and say that there's no voter fraud. Of course there's voter, voter fraud. This isn't something new. It's just been more blatant and obvious mm-hmm. this time around. Mm-hmm. But it's been around for decades. I mean, I, I, you know, when Kennedy was around, I, I mean, when he was president, I was, I was a kid. I don't remember anything about his presidency. But as I, uh, through history, um, you know, I, I found out through history, they said, no, it was one, I think that was the closest presidential election ever between him and Nixon. Mm-hmm. It was like just hundreds of votes or something. Um, and people said back then there was voter fraud. I don't know. I don't have any proof of that, but that's what people are telling me. But we have a m- much more proof today. But I tell my, my liberal friends, they say, Kennedy was great. And I go, he was great. And I said, listen to his 1960 inauguration speech, and you tell me if that's a Republican today or a Democrat today speaking. Of course he'd be a Republican today. Mm-hmm. Because everything he said, please watch that speech. I, 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 I implore your listeners to go online, 1960 JFK inauguration speech and look at listen to what he says and what's on his grave site ask not what your country can do for you but what you Mm. can do for your country there ain't one Democrat that says that today there's not a one not one for sure hey Kevin Sorbo we are out of time what is the final thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners today hey um you know since Facebook is kicking me out go to clout hub I, I have a lot of clout and a hub. So it's called Cloud Hub. It's awesome. It's a great place to go. Another one is called Free Space. Free Space. Those are two places you'll find me now. And I'm starting in two weeks. I'm starting my own podcast. I'll be on YouTube. I'll be doing about 10 to 15 minutes a day. Um, and we're going to have fun with it and have a great time with it. And uh, another place to go is kevinsorbo.net. And I know I'm giving a lot of information here. Or go to sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com. We need your information. We need your website. I mean, your uh, email. We'll keep you in the loop. That's sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com. We're looking for donations to keep doing movies that make a difference in people's lives. Thank you. Oh, Kevin Sorbo, it's just been great talking with you on Sounding Off with Kim Munson. And God bless you and your family. And God bless America. Thank you.